Welcome back to the regular exclusive podcast. And me and Renee uh, just saw a movie in theaters, and we're just going to go ahead and tease it because we're definitely going to do a future episode on it. We went and saw Talk to Me. Yes, we did. The newest YouTube directorial debut from A24. Yep, (laughs) A24 just killing it. There's already a sequel planned or like in production. And I think it's like the first or second sequel that A24 has ever done. I think outside, yeah. of, outside of Pearl. Yep. Outside of Pearl and Maxine. It's like those are the only like literally X is the only movie from A24 that had had a sequel. So yeah, freaking cool. And I'm really excited because this movie was incredible. It was so I mean, it was just like a word of mouth hit, you know, like I feel like as soon as it came out, people were excited about it. But like, I think the reaction of like everybody Mm -hmm. was just like, oh, my God, it's incredible. Go see it. Like you and I literally went to go see this movie in the theaters by ourselves. Yeah, (laughs) because we we were like, I don't care. I can't wait. (laughs) In case anyone doesn't know, me and Renee are in two different states (laughs) and um, we're the only people that like horror movies. So we're like. We are excited for this movie. Let's go see it together, but in two different theaters. It was great. It was so fucking cool. And it was so good. Like, I just, it was a real experience. I'm really glad we saw it in the theater. I feel like that was a big thing. And it like really just, it was a very, it was a tight 90. I forgot. I wanted to mention that up front because that was like a big selling point. I know for you. I yeah. feel like as soon as I saw that, I was like, oh shit, fuck yeah. Lean and mean, baby. More movies be like this. Yeah, so I mean, this is we're obviously not going to spoil anything. We're just going to talk tell about you, the ending. <laughs> we're going to tell you that we loved it. We're definitely doing an episode on it um, after it comes out on demand. Uh, the The big selling point I would say for this is it was such a refreshing, unique take on the kind of normal possession horror movie. A hundred percent. I feel like I'm pretty. I've seen a lot with those kind of movies, and this felt like very different and unique Mm -hmm. which was cool because i was kind of like how good can it be if it's using the same kind of shit which like we've Mm -hmm. seen a million different ways to do a possession but not like this that hand thing was fucking genius it was yeah it was great i'm totally uh, buying it when they release it as like a candle holder or something (laughs) (laughs) it it reminded me um kind of on the opposite end where this is a really fresh unique take on something that's classic um a movie that came out last year that was a good movie, but I didn't really feel like it did anything different was smile. Mm-hmm. Like smile did the, the cursed kind of thing, like the ring and all those, yes. but I didn't really feel like smile really took it in a new direction. Did, yeah. did anything unique with it. Whereas this yeah. did a lot of great things. Mm-hmm. So if you're a horror fan, uh, definitely watch this movie when it comes out because we're definitely doing an episode on it. I would say it's not even really like it's not a it's more of a tension horror than like a jump scare horror. There wasn't really any jump scares, maybe one, but like I felt like overall it was like very earned mm-hmm. all the scares and it was really visceral and intense. Like there were some scenes where I'm just like, holy fucking shit, what's gonna <laughs> happen? Like everything, it was just crazy. But then it's also very fun. Like there's a whole montage of all the kids being oh, yeah. possessed and they're like <laughs> having a blast. And I'm like, I love that part. Cause it's, yeah. it feels very real. Kids, we're all dumb when that they're when <laughs> we're that age. I mean, I used to play with the Ouija board, so yeah. I get it. 
and this is like a, a new version of the Ouija board. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe I jumped it because the theaters are so damn loud. <laughs> but yeah, the theaters were a little bit loud when I was there, but also like I just jump when I'm in the theater in general. I feel like the darkness, <laughs> it's the perfect mood. And but this one wasn't just like we're we don't have anything to fucking do, so we're just jump scare, jump scare, jump scare. Like it wasn't <laughs> like that. So t- totally worth it to go see in theaters. But if not when it hits streaming, make sure you watch it and we'll do an episode on it. Definitely. Well, let's transition over to the evil deads. Lady, I'm afraid I'm going to have to ask you to leave the store. Who the hell are you? Name's Ash. Housewares. get some evil dead we're we're like we're like four first evil dead came out in 1981 so we're like 40 years mm-hmm. into evil dead that's pretty crazy, crazy. <laughs> i mean it makes sense because like when you watch the first movie you're like yeah this definitely came out a long time ago but <laughs> it's still really great like it's it's lasted this long it's a great horror franchise and it's I would say, like we were just talking about with Talk to Me, this is like a unique way to do possession as well, mm-hmm. and like like evil spirits and shit. So yeah. maybe that's why it's like I don't know. I, they kind of lean into more the comedy as they go, but like especially like I feel like the way that the deadites are like sarcastic or mean or like you know ju- like funny is kind yeah. of like or just like weird and gross. Like it's 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 enjoyable. I can't, I don't know why, but it's enjoyable. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, like the, the first, the first three evil deads are just like pure camp. Like they're all super low budget. And I, Sam Raimi, this was just like where he started him and Bruce Campbell. And then, you know, went on to make the Spider-Man movies and like become this really (laughs) renowned director. But it's crazy to think of like, this is where somebody started is with this horror. And like, you just kind of evil dead just is like a staple in the, in the horror community. Oh, hundred percent. It's amazing just to, to look back at it. I mean, first evil dead is known for its gore. I mean, low budget gore. Showing that to me in high school with like all (laughs) of our group of friends in your theater room. And like all of us, like, like all the girls were like, Halfway through the movie, we're like, I have to go outside. Like, I can't. I was like, I'm going to throw up. That was just gross. And I was like, ew. And then also the tree rape really got me. That was like out of nowhere. And uh, all I could think of was the splinters. And I was just like, wow, that was fucked. And then I never went back to it because that really scarred me for a long time. (laughs) And then I think only during COVID is when I went back and finally watched the rest of these. And I loved Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness. Like, I think I like the Evil Dead, but I prefer Evil Dead 2. I think that's the ultimate Evil Dead movie. I think I've heard that seems to be like the consensus. No, I would say it's like 50-50, weirdly. This is upsetting. This is why we had to talk about, (laughs) we have to talk about the 2013 one, but I find that it's kind of split, whereas some people really like the Evil Dead. Like the first one has a lot less of the campy horror, or sorry, it's more Mm -hmm. horror, less campy comedy kind of stuff. It has a little bit, but not a lot. So, like, I think those people all think that Evil Dead 2013 is, like, the ultimate Evil Dead movie. (laughs) Like, people online, no joke, this is a quote. They've said it's 
if this is what Sam Raimi originally, this is his vision of what he had in yeah. mind for Evil Dead. And I don't buy that. I think <laughs> Evil Dead Rise, if anything. But I just agree. I don't agree with the people who like really love that version. We'll talk about it. But I think like maybe if you just like the first one, you're into the torture porn shit. That that might be why they like the 2013 one. I would imagine the reason why people like the first one so much is because it's the original. And also it was made for such a short, like a small amount of money. Like mm-hmm. it was really just a passion project. Like I'm looking it up right now. And the first one was made for $350,000. And then yeah. the second one was like $3.5 million. So Stephen King is actually a re- uh, one of the reasons that, Evil Dead 2 got got made because he was like really supportive of the first movie. Another reason to love that man. Oh well, I I mean the first three are just great in, in all of their own ways. I, I think that Army of Darkness is one of the hardest pivots a franchise has ever done in 100%. history. Like, it has to be. It's got to be. I mean, there's only I can't think of anything else honestly that has pivoted that much from like. Literally, like, the first movie is, like, a group of friends in a cabin. The second movie, it starts off with, like, they're redoing it. So it's him and his girlfriend in the cabin. But then more people show up. So it's another group of people in the cabin. And then at the end, he's sucked into the vortex and sent back in time. And then the third one's all medieval shit. And I was just like, what the fuck is this? I love it. I personally think I I enjoy the, the movies as they go on, like, the original three. I just feel like without Evil Dead 2 or Army of Darkness, I don't think I'd be as much of a fan, which might be like fucking the worst thing I could say for some people. But hey, I'm just saying I don't need to just watch straight up gore for like an hour and a half. Plus, all these movies are really quick. I would say they're pretty short. So that's nice. But but I like a little bit of the I think I think what for me, the magic comes from Bruce Campbell. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like he's just perfect. He he. He is he's the only person that you can ever think of to ever like play that role just because of him. And it's just insane. I mean, he might be the first, if not the ultimate final boy, <laughs> final man, <laughs> yeah. final guy. I don't know. But like he is the the epitome, I would say, of it, of that. And I did watch a little bit of the show that they spun off the Ash versus Evil Dead. It's pretty good. It's, really? I've yeah. never watched it. I it want to. It definitely leans more into like the action comedy, like the zombie land kind of horror. But Perfect. it's it's a okay. good time. I thought it was going to lean into more of the torture porn shit. So I was about to be like, fuck, <laughs> really? With Bruce Campbell? He's too fun to throw into that shit. Like if he's dealing with that fucked up shit, I find it bearable because he's like hilarious, you know? Yeah. Like just the amount of shit in the first, especially because it's so low budget, they really put him through the ringer in those first yeah. like two movies. I'm like this fucking guy. Like, like Sam Raimi's enjoying this. Oh yeah, you would like the Ash versus the Evil Dead because it's 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 all the 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 corny and humor of two and three. Just, Perfect. Yeah. I mean, groovy. Groovy. <laughs> groovy. So, right, so should we talk about 2013? Yeah, let's get it out of our systems. You were very upset. <laughs> I was like really dreading watching this because I thought it was going to be like hostile or something. And I just like feel like that's just a pointless movie for me to watch is like somebody getting tortured slowly for like an hour and a half or two hours. This movie is way too long. <laughs> also, I remembered it like the very first time I'd seen like the rape scene kind of that they do in the, the updated mm-hmm. version with the fucking vines and the thorns. 
And I was like, yeah, nope, I don't need to see that. And I freaked out and didn't watch it. And then now I just watched it. I think I'm just phased now by horror because it didn't bother me one bit. None, nothing, none of the gore in this movie bothered me at all. Weirdly, I thought it didn't look that real because they said how much they use practical. And I just thought maybe it was just because it's 2013, but a lot of it I could tell. I was like, oh, this doesn't look that good. Also, I hated the aesthetics, the directing, the cast, pretty much all of it. So <laughs> there wasn't really anything for me to enjoy. Jason, basically, what I'm trying to say is that I have not had this visceral of like a hatred for a movie since The Mummy with Tom Cruise. <laughs> I hated it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's funny. Like, it seemed like they were going to be like, let's make a totally serious horror movie. Like no humor no like just mm-hmm. pure terror for two to two whatever hours and maybe that works with something else but like evil dead it's hard to go from like army of darkness to this and i get like the idea is you watch this and maybe you don't know the the other stuff but like none of the characters were compelling let alone interesting like no i actively hated all of them <laughs> especially the fucking dude with the long blonde hair and the glasses weirdly i like that actor lou taylor pucci he's got mm-hmm. a great name and he's also in uh the movie spring which is a benson and uh moorhead movie oh yeah yeah. and i love those guys and he's really good in that so i was like ready to be like okay he's the only guy I like but he was the one i hated the most because he's like <laughs> The dumbest. I just felt like this movie came out two years after Cabin in the Woods. And like, that's what made. I mean, I literally had to watch that movie afterwards just to get the taste of this movie out of my mouth. But I felt that like it was like they literally did everything that they did in Cabin in the Woods that like they were doing being controlled by people. But it was like how dumb they were. And like they did the exact same shit. The cabin almost looks identical too. (laughs) it literally does. I'm like. They just were like, fuck it. They probably used the same fucking set, dude. I'm just saying, this director, Fede Alvarez, he's he just made an alien movie. People are all psyched about it. Oh, we'll see. He also <laughs> did the new Texas Chainsaw movie, which a lot of people hate, but hey, I think that's <laughs> ten times better than his Evil Dead. So, Well, and he also did Don't Breathe. I haven't seen that. Uh, I, I haven't seen it either, but I know it got a sequel. Well, but, uh, I'm not rushing out to see it after any. I mean, <laughs> he's just not impressed me with any of his movies. And I don't know. I just I didn't even find that like anything looked good or there was mm. any style to this movie. It was all gray and dark. And I know it's like a 2000s horror movie. But like usually that is like the feeling of like being warm and cozy by the fire for me, like a nice, <laughs> disturbing, dark, fucking really fucked up horror movie from the 2000s. That's when I grew up. I love yeah. that. This had none of that. None of the charm. <laughs> of that vibe it was just like just just fucked up just stupid i was i was on the edge of this being uh it's it's perfectly fine i'll probably never rewatch it but it's perfectly fine until they did that scene with the 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 car battery and him making like a defibrillator um yeah a makeshift defibrillator and it's like we we don't know anything about this dude. How how does he know how to just like slap a syringe to a battery and like plus also the, the entire bags time, on her yeah the bags like, on her head take the bag off her head maybe that's why she's not coming back to life. I was honestly like I hope she doesn't come back to life. Also, you know what really pissed me off now that I'm just thinking back 
is that fucking the abomination that they tease at the end. And yeah. they're like, oh, it's going to come from the earth. So I was like, oh, I don't remember this part. Because obviously, I don't think I stuck around the first time I watched this movie. But I was like, assuming it'd be like some big hand or like giant creature like the fucking eat like yeah. cabin in the woods. But no, it's just like fucking her, the, the main <laughs> girl, but just the dark version, right? It's the possessed version of her. It's her. It's like her face, but on like uh, uh, she the the body didn't have boobs. Like it looked like it was like a very slender Such guy. Such a man. Like I, I didn't. I wasn't even clocking tits in that <laughs> fucking part. Like that's the last thing I'm checking for. But I love that you you're like a dude. I, I like no, there's no like, tits on that body. I would have seen them. Like oh those th that looks like pecs kind of I don't know <laughs> <laughs> that's where your attention goes I know it's just the male gaze we get it yeah but then they had to do they had to do the chainsaw thing at the end and like the way it stabbed it and just the sheer amount of blood I was like what is going on here just a like bit much <laughs> I mean it just felt like it just felt like they were trying to do Evil Dead but with none of the skill or the cleverness or the talent. Or even the passion that fucking mm -hmm. Sam Raimi had, let alone, I would say, Lee Cronin, who directed Rise, Evil Dead Rise, the new one. He's got so much talent and so much charm. I think just watching that movie first really phased me because I'm like, I loved that one. And this one just felt like the worst. I mean, literally, the kid read the guy reads from that fucking book that's like, do not write, speak or yeah. read these fucking words. He's like, huh, let me copy them down and then speak them aloud like what a fucking idiot and then <sighs> later, later on he's like i think i screwed up yeah you did way too late i would have fucking said something the minute shit started happening and also like just you were saying that like oh when she like you know uses the box cutter on her tongue i was like oh yeah i forgot about that and i watched it and i was like i feel nothing that didn't even bother me and i don't know if that's just because i'm like phased but also i just felt like there was no fun to this movie, and I know maybe that was the point, but I feel like Evil Dead just needs a little fun because it's like I just don't I don't get that same vibe from any of the other movies except for this one in the series. Like this is the only one that I'm just like this isn't even, this isn't even a good time. This is I, like I I would judge people if they're like I that's my favorite Evil Dead. <laughs> I'd be like you have no idea what Evil Dead's about. Well. We all really lucked out because this one was very successful. It, it did uh, almost a hundred million dollars on a seventeen million dollar budget. So, like, it the was thirteen. Yeah, it was oh. like set up to get a sequel. Ugh, I'm so glad it didn't. Success. And it, we didn't get it. Thank God, because then we got Rise, which I think is the reboot that we deserved. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's, let's talk about let's, it. Let's jump into to, to the good one. <laughs> This evil creates terror through total chaos. Eeny, meeny, miny. You. Right, so, Evil Dead Rise came out this year, 2023. It's almost a tight 90 hour 36. I'll give it to him. Uh, it was directed by Lee Cronin, who I have never watched anything that he's 
put out. So I have a very good impression of him after this movie. Me too. This is actually the very first thing that I ever saw of him as well. So it was uh, love at first sight, I guess you would say. So it um, on a budget of $12 million, it did almost $150 million at the box office. Wow. So I think think it's the highest grossing horror movie this year uh, I, the only one i would have to check is if it beat I megan would say, talk to me though is probably gonna be doing that uh, but i could be wrong i don't know talk to me last i checked talk to me is at like 30 million so it's uh, we'll see. <laughs> uh but yeah this movie was a huge hit and it's definitely going to get a sequel and this is one of the rare occasions that I had seen a horror movie that you had not seen. Mm-hmm. And I told you, you got to watch it. And I was pleasantly surprised when you texted me and said, you love it. I uh, was ready to not be into these movies. But again, I think just like we were talking about, I think Evil Dead 2013 just really puts you off this series. Mm-hmm. So that was my like most recent memory outside of like the originals. But what gave me hope for Rise was that people said it goes back to like the original vibe of Evil Dead, where it's like, yes, the original is more like dark without less like obvious straight up comedy, like Army of Darkness or Evil Dead mm-hmm. 2, even. But I find that like it still has some of that energy. So it feels like Evil Dead to have that. And I think this movie has a lot of fun, especially with the gore. Like it's creative. And very, very fun and some really nice callbacks like the eyeball popping out and into someone else's <laughs> mouth. That literally that like happens in Evil Dead 2. Like <laughs> I was just like, I watched that right after I watched Rise because I was like, I feel like these two just go perfect together and they really do. Yeah, this was interesting and unique in the Evil Dead franchise for a couple of reasons. One, it includes children, which hasn't been hasn't been done before. I know. I'm surprised, honestly, that the 2013 didn't just start with the murder of like a little child and a puppy just because they're like, oh, but this is fucked up. But I think that like adding the kids was such a great factor. First off, for making it where you don't hate the fucking character who's an idiot who like listens or plays the, mm-hmm. the tape or reads the shit. It's like the kid accent like puts on the record and then he tries to stop it and it keeps yeah. going. So it's like I feel First off, the kid's smarter than that other guy from the 2013 movie. And it's like a kid. So it just feels a little bit more natural for me. And the kid is a DJ. So that makes sense. Yeah. So it makes sense that he finds a record and throws it down. Yeah, Yeah. that was a nice little touch, you know, like, oh, okay. I didn't need that because like, I, I mean, kids are fucking curious. We were just talking about talk to me, you know. They don't, they're like not scared. When you're a kid, you're like, fuck it. I'll do anything because I'm going to live forever. So it totally tracks. And I think adding kids to Evil Dead was just the perfect move. And also finally moving the action out of the cabin in the mm-hmm. woods because Cabin in the Woods already did it perfectly. We don't need that again. <laughs> you know, I mean, they kind of they give you a little bit of that at the beginning of the movie. Yeah. And I think it's just so that you get that fucking sick ass title card drop. Dude, that that opening that opening scene goes hard real quick. Real scalping, quick. Yeah. scalping via ponytail. Yeah, you uh, you prepared me for that, but it was still like, holy shit. 
I hope that never fucking happens to me. And I had my hair actually in a straight up ponytail like that at that time. And I was like, what am I doing? Why did I, I didn't even think of that. And I just was not prepared, but it was like very quick. Like you said, like you said, the gore in this movie is like, seems excessive, but it's also very fun. So it's a lot easier to take. Yeah. I mean, 2013, the gore is excessive. Yeah. But I mean, for me, it's just like, it's not effective because I don't give a fuck about anybody. No, yeah. everyone's just a no-name body to be cut up into pieces. Whereas Evil Dead Rise, I feel like immediately, not only the fact that there's kids, but that it's centered around a family and not a group of friends. I feel like that mm-hmm. ups the the factor a lot for like, okay, now I'm really kind of worried about these kids. Yeah. Especially because mom's the first to fucking go. It's like, that's not good. That yeah. is not good. She's going to get those kids, right? <laughs> <laughs> like, it, it really ups the actual, like, tension in the movie because... I assume most people are going to die in one of these, but the kids, mm-hmm. you know, you're like, are they really going to kill kids? And fucking yeah. A, they do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, like, I, th- I think you're right. I've, I love the decision to move it into the city. It's very similar to, like, Scream 6. Like, mm-hmm. great move taking it out of its normal element, putting it somewhere different. And it totally worked. Like, yeah. especially, you know, with, have, with, um, with this coming out, essentially you know, fresh off of the, our whole COVID experience. Like people were kind of used to being locked in their, in their homes. Mm-hmm. And so to kind of apply that here, like this very easy, they very easily could have mentioned something about COVID and that's why they're locked in their homes, but they, they didn't. So, but, uh, but like, kind of the it was best a really way that Oh, sorry. Go ahead and finish that. Well, I was going to say like, they do the evil dead thing where the supernatural essentially kind of locks them in place, you know, like in the cabin, it like blocks all the exits in this one, the supernatural does the earthquake and then locks them in their building, shuts Mm -hmm. the power off and all that. Yeah. It is extremely like COVID. I think the director actually said that like this movie, like he got the job and I think it was originally like during COVID and he was writing it. And he said that like being stuck in the house for covid was like a huge inspiration for the movie and i love that he didn't just make it like oh we're quarantining for covid and then evil dead happens it was like i'm gonna give you the vibe of of corona of coronavirus wow (laughs) throwback covid i'm gonna give you like that covid vibe where like you're all trapped and there's something mysterious that you don't understand but it's killing people it Mm. feels very relevant and we all it's like a therapeutic exercise almost to kind of watch this movie I feel like it was really good in that way and I love that it was it was more of a parallel but like not like so fucking obvious right in your face yeah. it was it was a nice reminder that uh it could COVID could have got worse you yeah. know you have a demon possession in your lockdown it, it can it could always get worse immediately got worse yeah <laughs> I I think my whole life I'm gonna my goal is to avoid ever ending up in an evil dead scenario because these just seem like the worst they're gross I don't like it pretty much any horror where Sam Raimi's in charge or like the inspiration is gonna be nasty <laughs> um but but there's so much fun especially this movie and I love I love that like the main character in this one I just felt like yeah, like she, there was kind of this like thing about like, oh, her sister's always calling her a groupie and she doesn't know what to do. And she's Guitar pregnant. Technician. Guitar technician. <laughs> but hey, she really is. Cause then she fucking figures out how to like fix the electronics. The and, and stuff. Yeah. I was thinking about that. I'm like, you know, there's a plot hole here. If the power's out, 
They can't really use a soldering iron, but I'm going to be okay with it. She made that like makeshift thing to give power to the like record player so she could listen to it after the power oh. went out. So she's oh, like right. on top you're of right. that. That's what I'm you're saying. Right. I was like, when she did that, I was like, see, she does actually. She's not just <laughs> sucking dick out there. Um, I was like, my girl knows what she's fucking doing. Anyways, I loved her. I liked that it wasn't like this whole. I don't know. I just felt like that was that was enough, but it didn't have to be all about trauma because I feel like every movie is about trauma now and it's just too mm. much. Even 2013, it's like, oh, I'm a drug addict. Yeah. Like fucking just, I mean, I don't know. I, I also give this movie props for not going with the rape thing because it's so easy. And <laughs> Sam Raimi even like has said how he wishes that wasn't in the first one. He wishes he never brought that into the franchise. Yeah. And yet 2013 is like, we're going to make it worse. It's like, <laughs> what? Also, would you ever even want to live after having like something with those thorns like shoved up inside you? I'm sure you're just fucked. Yeah. Anyways. Well. <laughs> Sorry. Don't even I can't bring it back. <laughs> this this reminded me of a, a lot more of like the first and second one where yeah, like the characters aren't these you know they they don't have the drug ag thing like they're not down on their luck they're just people that are going on vacation and this random act happens to them so it's le yeah, it's less of the whole drug story from 2013 and more just oh this is a family that unfortunately found this book yeah and i'm like it just it's not fun it, like what ends up happening to them but it is a fun movie to watch as like yeah. this family but it, it just has so much more emotional stakes than i was used to for evil dead i was like wow i really like these characters the filmmaking was really incredible i thought like just the some of the camera shots and like mm -hmm. the cool like techniques and the things that the way that the camera moved even i felt like it captured a lot of like the sam raimi energy but it mm. brought a lot of new things to the table i mean Evil Dead 2013 is literally just like, okay, we have no new ideas. We're just redoing the original, but just bad and yeah. gross and with more effects. So I feel like this one was like, what can we do to make Evil Dead different? And it's like, they didn't just do that with one thing. It was like so many things. It just felt mm. extremely refreshing, but then also like really back to the roots of what the franchise was. It's weird how it pulled it off perfectly. Well, one thing that they did that's, kind of similar to 2013 is the main character is really the is the deadite mm, yeah like in the original three you think of of bruce campbell mm -hmm. like I, I couldn't even tell you who the the deadites were um i could tell you that the main deadite who played like henrietta that's like the famous one it was like from the second one um, but most of them were played by Ted Raimi, I believe, Sam Raimi's brother. So <laughs> nice. <laughs> yeah, really a deep cut reference. But yeah, other than Bruce Campbell, he's the only person, you know, for many of the originals. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, 2013, these ones have... yeah, 2013, Mia was the, the protagonist and the antagonist in the mm -hmm. same movie. But this one, like uh, Alyssa Sutherland as the mom, she was incredible. Oh, she was so good. She was having so much fun, too, with, like, the fucked up shit she was doing and saying to her kids. I was like, I love this. I could watch a whole movie of her just doing this for, like, three hours. I mean, I'm I hope she got some really good compensation for this movie because she sold the trailer. Oh, 100 percent. Like, that like, was like when I'm like, OK, I really want to see this movie, but I don't know if I can handle that. Plus, I saw that cheese grater and I got really panicked. But but you're right. She was really the selling point and the fresh 
take of like a mom hunting her kids. It's really yeah. great. And the kids, like, especially when she tries to, like, coax the little girl, that like, I'm okay. It's just me. Daddy's out here. And she's, like, fake pretending to talk to him. I was like, oh, this bitch. I was like, this little girl's going to be ruined for life, man. I would be so fucked up if I had seen this at that age. Jesus. That's all I was thinking throughout the third act of the movie. I mean, they're both <laughs> literally covered in blood. But the mom is literally, like, just the best, the best deadite, I think, since, like, any of the original movies. Yeah. Like it was kind of a bummer that she died. Yeah, I like, know. It's that's gonna be a hard role to top for the, for whatever the next sequel. You just gotta is. get another really good performer. Although, God, I would hate to fucking be the deadite in these movies. I mean, you just go through the worst. I mean, I guess it, it makes sense. The star of these movies is usually covered with every kind of fluid <laughs> and like fucking like blood guts everything by the end so and like just the shit that they're doing i'm like my god it was just it was great plus this movie a lot of practical effects yeah enhanced cgi that's the fucking way to do it man it was so good yeah this the the practical effects and like the little bit they used for the cgi i thought it was a really good like homage to the original movies where they, like, they stayed to the practical effects and then just sparingly used the CGI just, you know, for, for little things. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think that's the way to go with these things. Plus it's like, but like, I just feel like that they just have more of a effect if it's physical. Like if it was just, I mean, I, I'm sure this wasn't, obviously it's not like she's really swallowing glass, but the way yeah. that they did that effect looked really real. Yeah. Like, I know that was definitely like CGI shit, but like that looked really good and like really was like extremely vivid. And I was like, <laughs> I feel this inside of me right now. That is scary. Yeah. It would have really sucked if they like tried to just go full CGI with it. It's kind of like, you know, Final Destination 3D. Like Final Destination was so good because they did these insane practical effects for it. And then 3D, they just like CGI'd over all of it. And that's it just took all the charm away. This one, if they would have done that, it would have this would not have been as good of a movie. But because mm -hmm. they like stayed with the practical effects, really focused on the deadites and all that, like it was just it was great. <laughs> it was really great. I agree with you. And I mean, I hate it's like it's so true. I hate that problem that's existed in a lot of franchises. I feel like they always have that one that just goes totally off the walls away from the franchise and then they have to finally bring it back. Maybe that's what Rise was. Like Evil Dead's yeah. like, mm, that's a little bit much. <laughs> the other thing about this movie that's really good is that the pacing is great. Like you get you start off with the crazy cabin scene and then there's a little lull where they're like establishing the characters and the motivations and that stuff you know i didn't find it boring i was like that's like a normal movie i enjoy I, that I, i'm sorry maybe lull is not the right thing but <laughs> it's a very short time where they just establish all the stuff that's important and then the moment that she gets possessed it's just off to the races and yeah, you get doesn't you get let all up. of the killing one of my favorites was when she gets shot, the shotgun blast. Did you see it through the through the the peephole in the door? Mm -hmm. that reminded was so me good. Of, reminded me of X. <laughs> yeah, the the peephole stuff was really good. I'd say that mm. sometimes the peephole, um, <laughs> but the peephole stuff was really really good and a creative way to like. It was really creepy, just that like kind of fishbowl or fish eye lens or whatever. It worked. Well, and then how they in like the previous evil dead movies there was 
there wasn't really like a rhyme or reason to the possession. Like they, it was kind of like if a deadite killed you, then you would become a deadite. I've noticed that the rules tend to change in all these movies. And I know that like technically they might be using the different, the three different books of the dead between the different Mm -hmm. movies. But I, I don't understand. Cause like, yeah, like in some of them, it's like, if you get the, like when they vomit blood on you or whatever, if you get that on you, then like you turn possessed or like if you get scratched, you turn possessed. And then other times Bruce, like Bruce Campbell would get fucking like doused with like their vomit and then he'd be fine. So I was like, yeah. I don't know how this works, but that's OK. Like, I don't need it spelled yeah. out. But this movie did a better job of like figuring yeah, like the, the shit out. <laughs> yeah, like the 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 daughter, she gets the tattoo gun on her cheek. But like first the, the dead eye stabs herself and gets blood on it, then scratches her. And so then that's why she gets uh, mm-hmm. changed later. Um, I forget, forget how the, how the son, I forget how he turns. Um, I'm pretty sure that they attack him when like, he like pushes the little girl, the youngest daughter out of the way of like mm. the other sister or the mom or something. Oh, yeah, 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 you're right. And then, yeah, I think it's the other sister. Cause he like ties her up and like in the blanket and then she's like walking around behind him. There was a lot of that really good stuff of like things happening in the background in this movie. Yeah. And I just always love that. It's so well done, especially if you don't notice it right away. And then you're like, oh, shit. Fuck. It's almost like a jump scare just whenever you happen to find it. (laughs) I think my favorite like scary moment is like right after the mom turns and she's like she's at the kitchen stove, like just smashing the eggs and stuff. And then she like throws up and then whatever. But when she's in the shadows, and then, like, her hand pops out. She's like, you! Yeah. <laughs> like, I loved that. There was a lot of really clever things that they did with, like, the staging of scenes and, like, especially with, like, yeah, the shadows and stuff like that that made it a little bit more creepy than I'm used to. I feel like the Deadites were always just like, we're out, we're doing it. Like, it was less of, like, the suspense, where are they? Fuck. Yeah. You know? So this one had a lot of that. And also, I loved that, like, the apartment building had all these different levels to it and different other mm-hmm. people who lived there. So it was like just a really interesting mix and then still being trapped and then ending in the basement. I did want to ask you though, why the fuck was a wood chipper in the basement of an apartment complex? <laughs> I've been wondering this for like a few days and I was like, I wonder if Jace knows. Cause I just feel like there's no explanation. That is a that. very good, that is a very good question. <laughs> yeah. Like, wh- I mean, I've lived in a couple different apartments and Never seen something like that, especially in the fucking city. You know, that's just I don't think you see that shit. That that doesn't happen. So I was just like, I mean, like, who's fucking got a oh, that's my parking space down there for my fucking wood chipper. I buy like five of them. Like, it just doesn't make any sense. But also, I'm not really complaining because then we get the chainsaw push into the wood chipper, which is just a really great way to pay homage to the chainsaw. Mm -hmm. But then also throw in the wood chipper just for fun and i like that yeah it was a good good thing so i'm not that mad about it but it just doesn't logistically make sense they don't ever explain it they're like oh that's steve's wood chipper he's always leaving that around you know (laughs) that's a really good point why is there a wood chipper (laughs) i mean i was expect i was literally waiting for a very long time going do you think they're ever gonna explain that 
Because like they never bring it up once. <laughs> it's, it feels like one of those things that like they would have one line just said in passing early in the movie just to tell us, hey, there's a wood chipper down here. Exactly. I was just like, I mean, is this like, like what, what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't get it, but I'm just, it just seems weird. There's just, I feel like there should be something about. Like, I mean, I know that they're going to, what, like, destroy the building. So, like, maybe that's what it is. But, like, I literally looked on IMDb and they have nothing in there about, like, goofs or, like, plot holes. I'm like, that's a pretty fucking big plot hole, <laughs> I would say. <laughs> Again, it doesn't ruin the movie, but it's just a fun thing to go, what the fuck was that doing there? I mean, I know it's a like plot, but, like, still. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and I... One thing I really appreciated about this movie, especially compared to 2013, is the there was not a ton of gore. There was some gore, but like they saved the gore for the ending. And so then it made the ending like it, it felt it felt like a satisfying ending. Whereas like 2013, there was gore the whole time. And then the the sequence of that at the end was just over the top where I'm just like, I'm just seeing blood everywhere. Nothing is standing out. Yeah. It, it's this, I thought was a very satisfying ending of yeah. The wood chipper, the, the saw, all this stuff. Also um, props to them for killing the kids. Like you mentioned, but also like they did a great job of making the kids slightly likable, but not so likable that I'm like, you killed the child. You killed yeah. the, innocent. the like, little they, girl. I think the little girl had to survive, but the other like, ones are like, yeah, yeah. yeah. The teenage <laughs> boy. I mean, he automatically has to go. Cause everybody who ever like is the reason that those things come, like you have to die. That's <laughs> like, that's like fucking, you just don't can't get out of that. The captain goes down with the ship on that, you know, <laughs> typically. So I assumed he was going to die. And I was like, yeah, this is this makes sense. But I felt really bad for the sister because she was like the older sister. because She was smart. She was mm. like, fucking put this thing away. Like, I, I would have seen one photo out of there. Or I would have <laughs> even looked at the fucking book with the teeth on it and gone, nope, I think we could put that away. I think we could <laughs> maybe bury this so deep no one ever finds it. You know, that's what <laughs> it looks like. This kid. But of course, he's a teenage boy. You know, he has to. But. I agree with you. It was fun to like up the ante, but if they had killed the little daughter, that would have been really crazy. And I would have felt really bad, but also maybe good because does she deserve to live her life? Having seen that shit. I don't know <laughs> if I could go on after that. Like, how are you going to live your life? Yeah. I mean, imagine the, the, the main sister, Beth though, like she's going to deliver this baby and, I mean, if it was me, I would be wondering if my baby was infected by this crazy demon thing. Dude, <laughs> yeah, it totally reminds me of like uh, The Fly with Jeff Goldblum when it's like she's pregnant and she's like, I don't know if it's from before or after he became the fly. And I'm like, yeah, I would not want to take that chance. I, I don't think I think I'd be like, you know what? I don't think I'm going to be able to keep this. I'm sorry. But if it's going to turn out to be a deadite, no, thanks. That sounds yeah. like it's not going to I'm not going to live through the delivery um that's gonna end terribly but that's a good call i never thought about that but now i'm maybe that's the sequel maybe i was gonna ask you if you had the same experience as me by the time we got to the end of the movie i had completely forgotten that the opening scene takes place in the future yeah so like when the girl is walking out and she's like talking to her friend i'm like who is this bitch and is like 
is she not seeing the pool of blood outside the elevator? And then she does see it. And I'm like, oh, I totally forgot. <laughs> this has all been a flashback. Yep. Did they say that at the beginning of the movie? I must have. Did they yeah, do like three after, days before? After the, yeah, after the title card, it says 24 hours earlier. Oh, okay. I totally had forgotten that then. But when I when I saw the blonde girl, my first thought was, yeah, okay. Like, okay, pal. Like, this chick really lives in the building. The way that she looked and, like, I mean, she just looked like she would live, like, somewhere, like, really fucking fancy. This <laughs> yeah. bitch did not live in this rundown building. She was, like, I was, like, this feels so out of place. Like, they could have <laughs> made her a little bit different to, like, feel like she actually would have lived in this decrepit building who's, like... I mean, it just, and also, did she sleep through all that shit? She didn't hear fucking she, anything. She didn't hear the shotgun. The screams. Like, there was screaming just consistently. <laughs> there was a lot of destruction. The whole fucking apartment building cracked in half, I thought. Like, that fucking, the giant crack, she didn't feel shit. Like, this bitch. Did she take, I mean, maybe she's, but that's what I'm saying. If she's that kind of bitch, she's like, I'm going to take a really big sleeping pill. And like, whatever, it just felt like she just didn't belong in this building. So I was kind of like, mm, they kind of shoehorned her in there at the end. But I liked that it, it all connected, I guess, because I, at the beginning I was like, huh, is this like, does this have anything to do with it? And then I immediately forgot about it because I was like, I was into the the new story. Yeah. Well, it, it kind of goes back to the, the whole like supernatural effect that like blocks the outside world. Maybe it was literally just blocking out that one floor. You know, well, that's a good point, actually. And maybe, but it, it also, like, maybe she like, didn't lose power. I mean, okay. <laughs> that's like some big conjecture that we're having to do to like cover up whatever, like to make up for this, what, maybe there, a revealing there, plot hole. <laughs> there was lights on in the, in the garage. Yeah, the next day. That's because Evil Dead was like done. Because their thing is always, I just rewatched Evil Dead 2. And like <laughs> in Evil Dead Rise, they say the same thing of Dead by Dawn. And I think it's like once dawn comes, they're like, they don't have any power anymore. It's only at night, which is something I did not remember from any of the other Evil Dead movies. But, but it took her that morning. Yeah, exactly. So I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. Well, I think know. we're overthinking it. <laughs> I think I'm. I'm overthinking it. Yeah, you're right. Different I think book, different rules. The wood chipper, though, I still stand by. <laughs> that was out of nowhere, and no reason that that would be there. However, I love a good wood chipper death. So, the thing that I want to know is, she got possessed, but then she drove and picked up her friend, and then went to the cabin. So, like. Was she possessed, but then it didn't come out of her until they got to the cabin? Or was like, is this demon really good at just playing it cool? <laughs> I kind of think it's like in the like, I, I love the movie The Thing, which we're talking about next. Um, but I do feel like in that movie, it's like you can tell like between that and the prequel, you're like the thing acts totally different. But it's like maybe it's learned from one scenario. So it's like, OK, I'm going to lay low until this bitch is with other people and we get to another location that I can like, I doubt it's going to go buck wild in a car. I mean, that's just not going to get you anywhere, even with one other bitch. Right. <laughs> They're like, I need people. I need a group because I mean, I think it's in the 2013 one. They say they need five souls or whatever. Yeah, that's to call whatever that abomination, weird. which yeah. is what you should call that movie, honestly. <laughs> but it's like I so I don't know if that's like part of the lore that it needs five. But maybe that's why. 
but maybe it's learning. It's like, you know what? Maybe I'll just lay low until the right moment to strike. (laughs) It is a funny mental image, though, just to imagine a car ride and you have like the Alyssa Sutherland looking demon just like sitting there smiling, driving the car like normal. He's probably like, I'll let her have the reins for a little while. I'll just hang back, like get out. Stop. You know, he's like just watching. (laughs) I don't know, but I I like to think about it. He probably is having fun, maybe jerking off. It seems like something that these fucking deadites would be into. I'm, wa- I'm wiping off all the blood that's uh, all over me after watching these movies because they're bloody and they're bl- bloody good. At least at least uh, four of them. One of them, meh. Yeah, very disappointing for the dip in the franchise. But you know what? Every franchise has one, so I'm okay with that. And <laughs> I'm actually, you know, I'm, I'm through with the blood, but I'm ready to get really gooey, sticky, nasty. Like, let's get some creature shit in here. Do it. We are going to... In the in a similar vein, we're doing another classic franchise discussion. Kind of. It's a weird, yeah. it's like a trilogy. There's three of these movies. There's three things? Yes. So the the we're we're talking about the thing, the uh next week. So there's there's a couple different ones. There's the original, which oh, yeah, most yeah, people right. don't know is from the 1950s. And it's the thing from another world. And they couldn't do the shape-shifting. So it's just a giant man who kind of looks like a carrot. And he's like a vegetable alien. It's very weird. But it's got a little, you know, it's it was beloved at the time. It's the 50s. Yeah, so we, I'm, I could talk about it if you want. But we don't have to talk about it. It's probably been talked about enough. We're talking about the newer versions of the thing. The reigning supreme version from 1982. John Carpenter. Kurt Russell. Russell. It's just the perfect. I think it's honestly the best movie of all time. I think it rivals Jaws as the best movie of all time. That we can call that one the thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then, Ooh, there you and go. Then we're, the and thing. then we're talking then, about 2011, right? Which is like kind of the thing. Yes. Yeah. The 2011 yeah. thing, which one saving grace is that it's got our girl Mary Elizabeth Winstead as the star. Mm. And it's also yes. not a remake, which everything was at that time. I'm proud of it for being a, a prequel, mm-hmm. really. I think it probably would have maybe been better received if people knew that going into it. Because, I mean, it still got CGI, so it had a big hill to climb. <laughs> but either way, we're going to get into all of that. And the thing, the 1982 version, if you don't already own it, you should rent or buy it. A video <laughs> on demand, that's unfortunately only where it's available. But believe me, it's worth it. And then The Thing 2011, you can stream on Netflix until uh, August 31st is when it leaves. So we're getting it right in the nick of time. All right. Well, that's good. I've never seen the 2011. So this is a good excuse for me to watch it. Yeah. One other plus, it has Tormund from uh, Game of Thrones in it. Oh, count me in. Yep. I'm. So- it's got some good selling points. And then unfortunately, it's got some really big downfalls. But we'll talk about it next week. All right. Well, uh, until then, take care, and we will see you next week on the regular exclusive podcast. Stay groovy. Don't forget to like and subscribe. We out here. <laughs>